This episode is sponsored by The Jordan Harbinger Show. Named the best podcast of 2018 by Apple. Tons of fascinating guests. Untold stories you won't hear anywhere else. Expand your wisdom and discover other perspectives that you've never considered before with The Jordan Harbinger Show. Join Jordan as he interviews high-profile people as well as intriguing personalities. Each episode features a discussion that might just take you anywhere. I recommend episode 970, where Jordan and guest Annie Jacobson talk nuclear annihilation. How likely is it? How scared should you be? And what comes after? There's also episode 886 with David Farina, which delves into the wacky world of flat earthers. These episodes are great starting points, but you're sure to find deep, interesting, and thought-provoking topics throughout Jordan's catalog. Turn off the music and turn up the wisdom with The Jordan Harbinger Show. We really enjoy this show and we think you will as well. There's just so much here. Check out jordanharbinger.com start for some episode recommendations or search for The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Hospitals are often paranormal hotspots. It makes perfect sense. A lot of pain and stress happens there and stays there forever. This world is a strange one. Hospitals appear to be places of healing, but more often than not, they are quite the opposite. People fight for their lives against disease and injury, and sometimes they don't win. So of all the places in the world that could be haunted, I'd put my money on hospitals. As you're about to find out from these allegedly true stories, ghosts and spirits often remain in many of these facilities. But first, we are so close to a 1,000 followers on VidMe. If you've got the time, be sure to go to vid.me slash darknessprevails and give me a follow. Also, I'm looking for your scary stories from Walmart. If you've got one, send us your story at darknessprevails.org. Now, you never know when your inpatient status could become eternal. Number one, my mom's office is haunted. Submitted by Sophie. My mom works as a secretary at a public health department. The building where these offices are located used to be part of a public hospital that is still running today. However, the wards and doctor's offices that used to be there were relocated to a much more modern building nearby some years ago. But some things have remained because several things have happened in that building and most of the people that work there 
have witnessed some events. For instance, the security guards have caught shadows and flying orbs moving around the building in security camera footage, and those who patrol the area on foot always talk of seeing shadows out of the corner of their eyes. There's a lady that works there whose office is at the back of the building, and every day at around four in the afternoon, someone knocks on her office door, and every time she checks, there is no one there. The hallway is always empty. Before she grew used to it, it really scared her. It can't be someone playing a prank, because her office is at the very back of an extremely long hallway that has no offices or doors nearby for anyone to hide in. And even when she leaves the door open and can look outside, she still sees no one when the knocking comes by. My mom has also seen the shadows and orbs among other things, and has even been present when the knocking occurrence happened. She tells me that one time, she and a coworker of hers were chatting in the break room when suddenly, out of nowhere, her coworker's hair flew to the side as if someone was holding and pulling on it, and then she saw it fall back onto her coworker's shoulders. My mom let out a quick scream, and the coworker asked what was wrong. Before she explained, they got the heck out of there first. It couldn't have been the air current, because trust me, I've been there. That room is like a giant cupboard with no windows, and the only entrance and exit is a massive and heavy wooden door, a door that I could never open myself until I was older. Mom and her coworkers have also told me about a spirit that often appears around my mom's current office. They say she looks like a nurse and that she remains there because she passed away while working a shift. I don't know any other details, but I'd love to know more. When my sister and I were little, sometimes mom would take us to her office because she didn't have anyone to take care of us and we were still too young to stay home alone. I was told that when my sister and I were little, we would often talk with someone and we would always play pretend that we were nurses. We were always nurses, not teachers, mommies, astronauts, any other thing a kid would want to be when they're older. No, just nurses and the people around us that saw us playing were always impressed or surprised, apparently by how accurate the situations we played out were and how we were able to use a lot of nursing terms that we'd never heard before. At the time, we were only five and seven years old respectively. When someone would ask us how we knew these things, we would always answer one thing. A nice lady had told us all about it. One time, we apparently even pointed to the corner of the room, a corner that was completely empty. Needless to say, this freaked some people out. These days, neither my sister nor I remember playing or talking with that lady, but we do remember playing and pretending that we were nurses a lot. Every time you walk down through certain hallways in that old hospital, you get the eerie feeling that someone is following you and watching, and at night, this feeling only gets worse to the point there are times you can even hear footsteps following you everywhere. In that building, it's almost like you're never alone. I've experienced this once when my mom had to go to her office at night to finish up a few things 
and I went along with her. I was walking down a corridor that had some old laboratories and where the lab technicians used to store samples when I heard a faint sound of footsteps. At first, I was sure it was my own echo from my own feet, but then they began to get louder and closer. I freaked out so much that I ran to where my mom was, and all the way there, I swear I heard those same footsteps running and actually gaining on me. Now that I'm in college, I don't spend as much time at that office as I used to. However, I still pop in from time to time to visit since I go to college nearby. Sometimes I too see glimpses of shadows from the corner of my eye. Number two, Ghosts in a Castle, submitted by Michael P. This story is a short one because I was only at this destination for about an hour, but it was long enough to experience something bizarre. To begin, this happened during a vacation of mine. I was on a tour in Victoria in the early morning. It is a very beautiful place to visit. I looked up one of the haunted places nearby and I quickly found one of the popular spots called Craig Derich Castle. Now, a little history on the castle. It was built by one of the richest people at the time who happened to pass away before he even got to live in his massive mansion. For a time, it sat vacant and empty because nobody could afford it and eventually it became a hospital and a college. So it's no wonder that it's haunted. During the tour, I had some snacks and some water and as soon as I went in, I felt as though I was not welcome as if you were intruding into someone else's home. Then I suddenly felt dizzy, but it was weird. I didn't feel dizzy before I went in, and near the end of the house, I saw some sort of dark shadow dart out of the living room. By the time we got that deep into the place, I was so dizzy, I had to leave the building to get some fresh air. Later, I went into the building again. This time, the feelings were gone, and everything seemed normal. I asked the staff if the house was haunted. They replied with an emotionless, there are no ghosts here, which is a lie, because I later saw an even more detailed figure on the same side of the house on the third floor. It was speed walking, and it looked to be some sort of nurse, perhaps from the 19th or early 20th century, and whoever they were, they were staring at me. And when I blinked, the figure was gone. What made this compelling was that it showed up a few feet away of a group of people. A few months later, I looked up other people's paranormal experiences. Some people claimed they were drawn to the building by some unnatural force. Others felt unwelcomed like I did. Some felt ice cold feelings and some have even heard the piano on the top floor playing by itself. If anyone wants to go to Craig Derich Castle, be warned. As a former hospital and a castle with a tragic past, many have passed away there, and it seems like a few of them have stayed behind. Number three, the old quarantine station, submitted by Akasha. 
I live in NSW, Australia, and I've always had paranormal experiences happen to me throughout my life, but this is my first time sharing my story. Now, my birthday is right next to Halloween, so naturally I love anything scary. I'm always up for a Halloween-themed party and stuff like that. Well, one year, I booked a group of my close friends and I to go to the old Manly Quarantine Station. We were going to go on the adult ghost tour. This place has a lot of history, but some of my friends are skeptics, but we all went to have some fun. The tour takes you right into the darkness, all around the grounds and gives you a history of what happened back in the 1800s. You see, a lot of people passed away of disease while others were hurt in the name of quarantine. Me and a friend of mine in particular found this place very, very creepy. I don't remember the order that we saw these buildings, but let me tell you what we saw and felt ourselves. There is even a chamber for gas, where people were sent to make them clean. I can't remember what they used, but let's just say it wasn't fun. Most would live, but those that did would not live well. Medicine was still developing, and most people thought they were doing the right thing, but people were in pain breathing in these small rooms and eventually would die if they didn't leave the compound. Our guide told us this, then split us into groups to go into separate rooms. They shut the door behind us, and I'm holding my friend's hands in the dark as we stand in the room for about five minutes. I could barely breathe. It felt very compact and claustrophobic, as well as creepy, and soon I began to freak out. My friend was also scared at this point, and I could hear others in my group reacting the same way, and a couple of them were just confused. When the door finally opens to release us, I bolt out, pulling my friend along with me. Once we're back outside, the guide tells us that many people would react the same way while they were in that room. They turn then beckon us to continue. He tells us more about the buildings around us and my friends stay close. Whilst we walk around, I noticed a figure, a black silhouette trailing the group from behind. I turn back on occasion to see it following still. It's never more than a dark shadow I could not make out any details. I mention it to my friend, but he sees nothing, yet he says that he felt uneasy. We go towards the old hospital when my friend suddenly asks me a similar question, but he asks me if I see the little girl. I look in the direction he points and I see nothing. I say to just keep an eye out for her and to let me know. He describes a blonde girl with pigtails, very young, but I still don't see what he's talking about. Even more creeped out, we continue into the hospital, which is well lit. My friend is randomly jumping, as if he's hearing loud noises go off around him. I ask what's wrong, and he's seeing the little girl apparently diving under a bed, hopping from spot to spot. Was he hallucinating? Was I hallucinating? At this point, the guide had finished talking, and they let us walk about. I dragged my friend over and asked if a little girl had been seen. The guide blinks at me surprised, but says yes. A little girl has been seen here many times in the past on separate tours. I get my friend to describe her, 
and our guide nods and says that that fits past sightings and that she's known to be benign. Walking out, I soon spot a woman's figure in a window and I could very obviously tell she had an old nurse's hat. My friend continues to describe the behavior of the little girl who's still following us along the trail when she suddenly stops. My friend says she looks frightened, then suddenly vanished. Apparently, she didn't want to follow us any further. We are told the house up ahead was the gravedigger's house. He tells us the layout of the place and to go walk around freely. I hold on to my friends and we walk inside. The first two rooms are bedrooms. I walk with them, feeling a sense of foreboding growing around me. Then we walk out to the kitchen with attached laundry rooms. I suddenly feel very terrified. In the dark of the laundry from the kitchen, where I'm standing, I can see the dark figure and it brings with it an unbearable sense of terror. I nope out of there, running as fast as I can to the outside where the guide was still waiting. He smiles at me with sympathy. He was apparently unsurprised that I just got frightened. He seemed to have been expecting it. He asks me what I saw. I tell him as my friends appear behind me soon after. They saw nothing, but still felt terrified enough to leave. We want to know what happened here, so we ask our guide for the rest of the explanation, and he says we must wait for the rest of the group so that he can tell everyone. Once they're all there, he tells us most diggers were hired as homeless men given pay as food and housing, but they couldn't leave, even if they tried. Stories go that most of them were fond of the drink and others were just playing crazy. Bodies began to be found behind the house and elsewhere on the grounds that they shouldn't have been. People were passing away. The last stop was the shower block and apparently many people were washed with acid Yes, acid, they forced you to be in it, and the guards around here weren't known to be kind. It's a large building with sunken areas to drain with flimsy white curtains, probably at least 20 stalls inside altogether. As a group, a creeped out group at that, we go inside and I immediately felt afraid just looking at this place. There was a palpable sense that many terrible things had happened here. I walk about 10 meters more, then turn and leave as soon as I see a figure. It may have been a person from our group, but they were standing a little too far away to be part of the group. Not many of us lagged behind, but whoever this was seemed to just randomly appear, and I wasn't ready for something like that. Not again. Once we were all outside, the guide says that he heard there were a couple of birthday girls in the tour. Me and another person put our hands up. He says, just for us, he's going to let us go back alone into the shower block for five minutes. I vigorously decline, as does the other girl. Then he ends the tour by telling us to try not to take anything with us, and by anything, He's not talking about physical objects. He says, be sure not to bring any dark presences home with you. Most of us just laughed, but I admit, 
I said a little prayer, hoping that it really was a joke. This was one of the most terrifying experiences I've ever had, and I don't think I'll be going back to that old quarantine station. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's Journey, people are the true monsters, and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Number four, Spirit in the ER. Submitted by Arabian 92 Night. While I was working in the hospital as a housekeeper, I heard several other stories about different ghosts, especially the two that lived on my assigned floor. One was a little girl that I often felt holding my hand, and the other was a male that lived in the last room. That room had been refurbished into a makeshift apartment. The staff didn't want to use it for anything else any longer because too many patients were being troubled by the spirits that resided there. My story comes from the two days I worked in the ER, and after that, I begged my boss to never assign me to that area again. Now onto the story itself. I was assigned to the ER with another coworker. We got along fine and chatted on the way down. Now, the ER is of course the busiest spot in the hospital, so cleaning rooms there was very fast paced. But once we were down there, 
and looking at the rooms that needed cleaning, I suddenly felt someone walk up on me and stand threateningly inside my personal bubble space. It happened so fast that I stepped to the side and looked to see who was there. I mean, I very obviously felt a presence, but I could see no one there, and it was startling. And on one occasion in that same area, I believe I got a glimpse of what this spirit looked like. At first, it appeared as a shadow, but very quickly, I could make out more and more details. This ghost was tall, dressed in a black cloak. It did not like me being there. Anyway, back to the previous experience. I don't know how long the two of us stood there, but when my coworker had everything we needed, we started working, but I could feel this heavy presence following me, always glaring me down. It got to the point where I just wanted out. I just wanted to leave this area as soon as possible. Eventually, I couldn't handle it. I broke down, feeling like no matter what I do, this thing would be hanging over me. The feeling didn't even pass until lunch that day when I left the ER for my break. It felt so good to be out of there and I was not ready to ever go back. But eventually I had to, it was my job. The second time I was down there the next day, the same thing happened. This time though, I was with the manager and when the presence once again made me break down, she asked me what was wrong if I was feeling sick. I've been called crazy before for telling people that I've seen things, and this was a really good paying job, and the job wasn't too hard. So for the sake of my job, I fibbed, telling her that there were some things from home that I couldn't stop thinking about that were pretty stressful. Luckily, she understood. She even let me go to break early so I could calm myself down, which really did help. During my time working for this haunted hospital, I began to give the different spirits names. It sounds silly, but it helps me feel better about all of this. It makes it feel less serious. For example, there's an elevator that would open on its own before anyone would even push the button. I felt a presence there, and I often called it the gentleman. As for the ER spirit, the one that was dark and heavy, I called him the Dementor after those things from Harry Potter. On those days that I was specifically assigned to work in the ER, I never felt happy. It seemed like I couldn't be happy or enjoy my work there. And when I left, I always felt drained of my energy. For anyone that does encounter spirits like this, let's just say chocolate works wonders after experiencing such things. And number five, the women with no face, submitted by Colin B. This happened when I was 10 years old, and it still haunts me to this very day. My father was a heavy smoker, and at one point in life, he was admitted to the hospital because he couldn't stop throwing up in his sleep which is very, very dangerous. On the day he was admitted, the doctor said that he had to stay for a month because of surgery and recovery. Now, being a 10-year-old boy, 
I was really depressed about this, scared for my father's life. I couldn't eat my food, and other times I would just cry. But when the hospital finally got my dad a room, me and my mom stayed with him nearly all the time. We even planned to stay there until he was released. Now, before I continue, I just want to say that me and my mom slept on a recliner. It was next to my dad's bed. I would sleep on the inside and my mother on the outside. Well, one night, I woke up and realized that I needed to use the bathroom. So I got out of bed slowly, trying not to wake my mother, and I rubbed my sleepy eyes. Once my vision became more clear in that dark room, I looked at my dad and I couldn't breathe because next to my dad, there stood a woman, a woman I'd never seen before. I definitely didn't know her or recognize her, but she was standing by my dad's gurney, looking down at him. I was about to yell, but I was too scared to make a word. I was just standing there, looking at her terrified, expecting her to do the absolute worst to my dad but then she turned her head fast to look at me, and I will never forget what I saw. This woman, she didn't have a face. In the middle of her flesh-like facelessness, there was just a straight line where the eyes, nose, and mouth were supposed to be. It looked like her face had been folded inwards. I wanted to scream at the sight of it, yet for as long as the woman stared at me, I was too afraid to do anything. A few seconds later, the nurse came in the room to check on my dad, and when she came in, she noticed me standing there, asking if I was okay, but I didn't answer. I just pointed in complete shock. When I turned towards the faceless woman, she was no longer there. She seemed to have vanished once the nurse opened that door. I was scared for the rest of that night, but a few minutes after just standing there and the nurse doing her stuff, I finally gathered the courage to run and use the bathroom, then get back to my mom's side. I thought that as long as I got my business done when someone else was in the room, I would be safe. The thinking of a scared child. But for the rest of that night, after the nurse left, when I laid there in the dark next to my mom, the only one of us that was awake I couldn't sleep. Several sleepless hours later, I saw my mom begin to rise and shift from her sleep, and I was so glad to see that someone else was awake. As soon as she was more lucid, I explained to her what I saw. But as all parents usually do, she said that it was just a bad nightmare. But I knew better. I remember waking up. I remember the urge to go to the bathroom. I remember the nurse coming in and asking me if I was okay. None of that was a dream, even if I wish it was. There's one thing I wish I could forget, and it's that faceless creature. A few weeks passed by, and I didn't see a trace of that woman since. But on one similar night, I woke up, again with the same urge to use the bathroom. So of course, I sat up and got out of bed and I made it halfway across the room when I looked and saw her again. This time, she was sitting on the gurney by my dad's legs. I was scared again, and I couldn't speak once more. 
but this time, she actually said something. This inhuman spirit spoke to me. She's coming, she said, and she sounded more terrified than I was. I think if she had eyes, she would be crying. I asked in a trembling voice, who, who's coming? But she didn't say anything back. She just pointed that faceless thing at me, and I was so afraid that I closed my eyes and I kept them closed for a good minute. And when I opened them, she was gone. I ran back to my mom, holding in my bathroom urges, and I didn't sleep once more. The next day was a great day though, because my dad's health was cleared and he was getting released. After that, I never told anyone about the experience. I couldn't tell my mom because she wouldn't believe me again, and I just couldn't bring it up to tell my dad. He needed to focus on feeling better, and besides, could you imagine how much that would scare him if I really did tell him? I figured I'd just keep it to myself, and finally, I'm ready to share it with you. If there was a moral to this story, it would be this. If you ever have to stay overnight at a hospital, or if you work there, don't be surprised if you see paranormal things or even a nightmare come alive. Hospitals are places of stress and pain. Some of that is bound to be left behind. We all at some point have to go see the doctor and maybe even go to the emergency room. One day, we all have to face our own fates, and most of us will face our fates in a hospital bed. And after hearing stories like these, it really gets your mind wondering, what will you see before you go? What will be waiting for you on the other side? Will you become just another lingering spirit? Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. And don't forget to send us your creepy Walmart stories at darknessprevails.org. Thank you. Stay safe out there and stay creepy.